Welcome to the Dr. J Show with your host, Dr. J Herrera, DPT. Dr. J is a doctor of physical therapy and has dedicated himself to helping people like you reach your peak potential in health, wellness, and fitness using science-based physical therapy principles. To learn more, please go to drjherrera.com. The content contained in this show is for informational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Please consult a qualified healthcare professional for individual health or medical advice. Dr. J. Herrera, show participants, and or Herrera Research Institute, LLC, are not liable for damages claimed by the listener. Hi there, and welcome to today's podcast, where we're going to be talking about uh, a, a fun, common and fun summer activity uh, known as running. And there's different forms of running um, as a classification of exercise and recreational activity. We have uh, the broad range of run uh, on a daily basis for general uh, fitness, general wellness, general health. You also have running where people are competing in, in marathons, running the, the mini marathon, 13 miles approximately, and then full 26-mile marathons, or they're doing triath- uh, triathlons, uh, Ironman competitions, where there's extended duration of activities, uh, testing the endurance athlete, uh, and which is, which is including the running component of that. My focus is going to be on the aspect of running from a... a it's primarily effects on the physiology, your, your musculoskeletal, your body, your bones, your joints, your muscles, and how it affects the, the body when you run on a consistent basis over a prolonged period of time. I myself do not run. Um, I used to run in high school in athletic training for my activity, sport activity of choice, which was baseball. I used to run for conditioning purposes there. I did a lot of sprinting for baseball, uh, but I also did some conditioning where I would run a slow, steady pace for an extended period of time uh, with traditional thinking of how that can improve aerobic capacity or your ability to uh, perform extended activities for a prolonged period of time and, and to, be more, uh, to be more efficient at doing that and to have your heart be more efficient at supplying proper oxygenation to your muscles and body tissues during that activity. Now, as I've progressed with my education and as a physical therapist and doctoral level physical therapist, I am more and more concerned about prolonging the lifespan of my body and its physical performance, uh, in particular my joints or the articulation uh, points of my body. Whether we, Whether you like to adhere to this thought process or not, I'm of the school of thought where the body will have wear and tear over a lifetime. Now there's different factors, there's different reasons for wear and tear and how certain activities can promote early wear and tear or more profound wear and tear uh, faster than other activities. Uh, And there's other factors like your overall health, your perhaps your gender, your, your your DNA, your, your genetics, um, there's going to be reasons why your body may break down um, quicker as compared to someone else. Uh, I know some people that uh, just have terrible knees in their 50s and 60s and they end up having knee replacements. I work with a lot of patients over the years that are relatively young, and but for whatever reason, their knees, male and female, broke down. 
quicker than say their hip their, uh, or their back or their neck um, or compared to their sibling or their mother or father. So many factors that contribute to the breakdown of the body. But running in particular, in my estimation, is, is a very hard activity to, to place on the human body, especially when you're doing it for um, excessive uh, parameters, uh, uh, for excessive uh, prolonged periods. Now, you, we can argue as far as what constitutes being excessive, right? I understand that for many people who do marathon training, they're running uh, five to 10 plus miles per day in preparation for a marathon event. And I understand that. So they may go through cycles where they're pre-marathon training. So for three months leading up to the marathon, they're trying to work up volume of their running. They're adding miles on a, on a weekly uh, uh, basis leading up to the, the marathon. And then after the marathon, you go through a kind of like a, a uh, almost like a period where you're downgrading your, your training, your marathon training. So you might not run as many uh, miles. So for all you runners out there, this is not an attack on running activity as a sport. All I'm simply saying is that I think running can promote early degeneration on the human body, in particular the, the main weight-bearing joints of the body, the low back, the sacroiliac junction or joint or the SI joint, the hips, the knees, and even down into the foot. We see a lot of runners that have a lot of conditions in physical therapy industry for um, knee pain and SI pain. Probably percentage-wise, uh, I would say a greater percentage has to go towards knee pain as opposed to SI pain, but primarily I see a lot of, um, my, my number one uh, site of impact for a runner is going to be knee pain, lower leg pain, and I combine the two because I often see them together knee pain, lower leg pain, that means like the shins, like your, your, your tibia bone, the, the main bone below the knee, between the knee and the foot. I see SI pain, or that's kind of the low, low back, and then the central part of your lower back, uh, down between your, your hip bones, all right? Sometimes the low back itself, the, seg the lumbar segments, but I see a lot of issues with the SI joint, if you think about it, when you're running, you have a lot of movement of the pelvis going on, and we'll talk more about that in a second. And then I see a lot of foot pain. As you can imagine, there's a lot of forces being transferred up into the, from the lower, from the ground, and um, hitting the foot at moment of contact and leading up through the human body. So let's talk about uh, running pain. And uh, we, have, we have quite a bit of increased gravitational or G-forces happening on the body when you run. So when you run and you're doing, uh, depending on your pace, uh, but basically there's a point in your gait or running cycle where both feet are not touching the ground. So if we were to, they're basically like a midpoint where your both feet are, are, are not in contact with the ground. And then you will have a contact with the lead foot come down where you're hitting the heel and a lot of people have different running techniques and there's different theories on how you should run. But basically a common running technique is to go heel, midfoot, roll off the forefoot. So heel, midfoot, toe. Heel, mid, toe. 
So you're kind of rolling the foot as you're coming down, trying to absorb the forces and transfer them up to the through the, the lower kinetic chain of the human body. So with that force and that repetitive force, I know in some of the earlier uh, podcasts, I may have talked about some re repetitive use injuries. I'll be talking more about repetitive use injuries as uh, we progress in our podcast, covering different elements of the human body, different regions, different types of injuries. But when you run, you're putting the body at greater risk of having to, to absorb high impact. So it's a high impact uh, um, activity uh, on the human body when you're running. So when you're running on, say, pavement, a lot of training for marathoners happens on pavement. So they're running on roads, they're running on um, paved asphalt, on school system, school tracks, uh, running tracks, which are a little bit softer than, than concrete of the road for cars but uh, it's still pretty hard. Uh, some runners will run on dirt paths or grassy patches. I think a lot of runners that do it consistently tend to avoid that because they're trying to avoid uh, elements uh, that, uh, for example, mud, um, dampened dirt, uh, the uneven surface of a, of a grass because you don't want to sprain an ankle. Um, or cause issues with your foot from, from un instability. So you're trying to, you tend to go for a smooth, flat surface, which if I was running consistently, that's what I would go for, go for ideally. Um, when I do type of running, it's more of a splint, uh, I'm sorry, sprint um, activity, where, and I do tend to, put, to try to select softer ground options. So I'll find uh, um, uh, grassy terrain that has low cut grassy terrain like in a park and I'll do sprinting on that type of surface um, but uh, um, that's what I'm trying to incorporate more of the high intensity training principle uh, to in increase my cardio my, my cardio pulmonary um, efficiency so in future podcasts I'll talk more about the high intensity training principle and why the the benefits of, of choosing high intensity training over other types of uh, aerobic capacity training may be in your best interest and then that's supported by more and more evidence and research is supporting the high intensity training being more efficacious or to your advantage when it comes to conditioning the heart and lungs and of course the, the musculoskeletal system without putting as much stress uh, repetitive use stress on the body so you still get the exercise benefits without having the, uh, the stress on the human body, say the, uh, the, the low back, pelvis, uh, or the knees, for example. So some common pain conditions I'd get with runners is going to be, like I said, the low back, which is more the SI, so very, very low back. So if you go to your hip bones and, and take your thumbs, uh, so place your hands on your hips, take your, try to meet your, your thumbs together on your back and a little, uh, that area and just a, a few inches below is going to be your SI area. Those are common pain areas for runners. And we'll talk about why that is in a second. And we're also going to notice hip pain being an increase of an issue. So that's hip pain. Knee pain is probably the, the number one pain site that we see with runners, uh, followed by shin and foot pain. Okay. So SI pain, sacroiliac dysfunction pain, that is more or less from the shifting going on. When you're running and you're, and you're hitting the ground uh, with one leg, then unloading that leg, then hitting the ground, loading the other opposite leg, when you're doing that back and forth repetitively um, for 5, 10 plus miles, or you can consider that being maybe uh, for 30 to 45, 60 minutes of running continuously on a daily basis or even three, four times a week, 
you're, that's quite a bit of stress load. So you're sh putting shear force through the pelvis or SI joint region, which can cause uh, microtrauma, which can lead to inflammation of the area. And as soon as you start having a, a inf inflammatory cycle happen in that region, that's, uh, that's gonna cause some pain potentially. It's not gonna feel good, especially when you try to run. And some runners say they, f they feel better when, when they run. Well, that's kind of a, you're increasing localized circulation to the area uh, say the low back or the knee so you might feel better initially but you're actually causing more damage because you're adding to the stress load which is going to increase microtrauma and potentially increase in the inflammatory response which is going to lead to further degenerative changes or degeneration of the tissue and further irritation of the tissue when you have chronic inflammation of a particular body part say the knee for example well the body's going to respond to that inflammation and try to heal it it's that healing response that can cause potential de degeneration or derangement, it can be called, derangement of that tissue uh, connecting into the area that's being stressed by the activity. So, for example, a tendon. The, you've heard of runner's knee or, or sometimes jumper's knee. Well, you can kind of see that in runners as well, where you have the patellar tendon becomes inflamed. And if it becomes chronically inflamed, then it can be, become a tendinopathy where the sheath or the covering of the tendon itself the, can become deranged. And when that happens, um, it's going to, under the microscope, instead of looking smooth and pristine, it's going to look very jagged and, and irregular in shape and, and structure, which can lead to mechanical stress. So any time of running or, or bending of, and pushing of the knee, bending and straightening of the knee you do, prolonged, can add to the inflammatory cycle, which can be just a, a vicious cycle of inflammation and pain, pain and inflammation. Okay. So with hip pain, we can see an imbalance of the hip muscles where you're having tightness, say, of the front side of the hip and um, you're having more of a weakness or not as much activation of the uh, outside or the back side of the hip. So when this happens, you can have what's called uh, IT band syndrome, iliotibial band syndrome, where the outside part of the, you, ha you have a very short muscle on the outside part of the hip, right, on the outside aspect of the hip and uh, tensor fasciae latte, right? So that's a TFL muscle. And that's connected into the IT band, which runs the, down the side of your thigh and attaches into the side of your knee, wraps around a little bit in the front, but basically it attaches itself from the side of the hip down to the side of the knee. And when that guy gets tight, that can be very painful because it changes the biomechanics uh, or the forces on the knee, which, which can change the biomechanics of how the knee works. So when you're running and bending and straightening, bending and straightening the knee, you have uh, outside forces, that tight tendon on the outside of your thigh, the IT band, can be tight and pull the kneecap, and the kneecap's not able to track directly up and down like it's designed to do of the knee. It's going to pull to the uh, outside. So when that happens, guess what? You have inflammation potentially happening and can cause anterior or front knee pain, which can be very, very painful, especially for runners, okay? Um, so that leads me into knee pain. So you have the hip uh, pain, which can be referred pain also from the SI joint and from the IT band side of the hip pain. Um, you can also develop a bursa, bursitis. Uh, with the, the bursa is what you find um, between a tendon and it usually sits on top of a bone 
bony prominence where there's a tendon running over it so the tendon is not sheared or damaged by the bone as it's moving and contracting over that bony area so the bursa is like a shock absorber if you will um, a, a, a buffer between the tendon and the bony prominence so you can have a bursitis of the hip I see that a lot with runners as well um, shin pain well you can have what's called shin splints uh, I'm sure you may have heard of that if you're a consistent runner the shin splints can be very uncomfortable and can cause radiating pain uh, it's actually micro fractures of the shin uh, bone and um, um, in severe cases these micro fractures if not treated or left to heal can progress and actually become a full-on uh, fracture of the tibia which is which is not good so which can really um, um, impact your performance long term so the micro trauma the micro uh, um, uh, fractures of the uh, caused by shin splints uh, you want to be able to allow that to heal okay foot pain uh, you have plantar fasciitis which can be the connective tissue and the underside of the foot can become um, irritated uh, you can have uh, bony spur of the heel uh, from all that grounding or pounding on the ground that can become very painful uh, you can uh, strain ligaments or sprain ligaments excuse me sprain ligaments where you would cause them to become uh, uh, irritated over time and they can tend to break down and eventually the body's tissue will uh, succumb to the stress over a prolonged period of time where you will have that breakdown it'll become injured and inflamed and become very painful these are all very painful conditions to, to, to have and if you've ever had them you, you would know how debilitating they can be I've had my share of foot pain I've had my share of knee pain and low back pain I've been pretty fortunate in the hip not to have tremendous hip issues in my athletic career but um, my share of back pain even now and uh, uh, anterior knee pain and as well as foot pain um, again, I did a lot of running as my youth for baseball training, and uh, as an adult, with uh, my my, I have gone more of the resistance training. But with my work, I've had to do a lot of uh, walking in my work uh, career, and uh, a lot of patient care. Um, so I have put a lot of wear and tear as an adult on my lower extremities as well, but not as much as I did early on in my life with my uh, sports training. So what can you do about it? Uh, with running pain you don't want to hear this I know runners if you're listening but the main thing you can do is back off on running in mild cases sometimes backing off on your running and giving yourself time to heal and rest can be very very effective if you're in a moderate to severe with pain and symptoms where every day you're just struggling to move and struggling to train stop stopping stop running altogether can be very effective now sometimes you might have to give it several weeks or even several months to allow the running to uh, or to allow your body to heal from the running stress so again many factors listen to your body seek out a a healthcare professional your physician um, orthopedic physician for example with an orthopedic surgeon who specializes in bone and bones and joints a physical therapist is ideal in this situation if you have access to a physical therapist um, to assess your condition that would be ideal to help you through this uh, they could recommend course of treatments severe cases physicians may want to talk to you about doing uh, um, cortisone injections where it's anti-inflammation 
um, injected. Uh, it's anti-inflammation medication injected directly into the, the injured site. The physical therapist can go over um, and assess biomechanical dysfunction, diagnose that movement dysfunction, and give you exercises, stretches, and even do manual therapy and modality treatments like cold laser therapy, ultrasound therapy, e-stem therapy, uh, massage therapy to the injured area to try to get things under control to help the body heal. So there's a number of things you can do, but the number one thing you can do for yourself, the takeaway message from this podcast, if you get nothing else, and if you're having unrelenting running pain, is to stop running. Give yourself a break. See if that works. Give it a week. Give it two weeks. And um, um, if that's not working, if you're still having pain or it's not working enough, then you need to seek professional consultation because every runner's case is unique. Your case needs to be individually examined and having a customized workout uh, rehab plan designed for you by a licensed physical therapist, um, it would be I the ideal solution to get you back to performing the running activity that you so, um, um, that you so love. Okay, so my goal is not to, to dissuade you from running, but to educate you and under, help you understand that the, your love of running can be causing you to have the pain that can prevent you from running. But if you properly manage it in the short term and the long term, then you could most likely continue running, right, at, at to, to the level that hopefully you would like to continue running, um, but be able to self-manage long term to help prevent issues long-term like early arthritis onset, for example, osteoarthritis of the knee or the low back from running. Can you specifically say it's from running if you've been running 20 years? You can't specifically say that it's from running because over a lifetime, joints are going to degrade, but it's, it's reasonable to presume that those aggressive repetitive activities can cause worsening and hastening of the arthritic degenerative process. That's why when I see uh, factory workers who have to use their arms quite a bit to say place a, a widget from low to high or high to low, and when they do that for 20 years, uh, they're having a lot of arthritic changes in their shoulder. Sometimes they have to have surgery, rotator cuff repair, or uh, the acromioplasty where they have to actually, the surgeon has to reshape the shoulder joint to some degree to remove arthritic debris like bony spurs and then we see them in physical therapy to try to help them rehabilitate and recover from that but usually they're never the same usually when you get to that point you're never going to be 100% the same the goal is to make you functional so instead of getting to the point to where you have to basically give up running because you physically cannot perform that it'd be better you'd be better served to try to be to listen to your body become aware of it to have it properly diagnose what your, your, your kinetic or movement chain tends to have a pattern of restriction and compensation, have the physical therapist diagnose that, give you stretches and exercises and treatment to help correct things and to guide you on what you could be doing long-term to try to prevent, prevent that breakdown over a, a lifetime to keep you running into well into your later years if that's the activity that, that you feel strongly about. So I, I, I really hope that this uh, podcast has been helpful and I look forward to, to providing you further podcasts in these types of discussions so that we can better assist you in keeping you, keeping you performing at the level that you want to perform and keeping you hopefully pain-free. Thank you so much.
For more free articles, audios, and videos, please go to www.drjherrera.com. That's D-R-J-A-Y-H-E-R-R-E-R-A.com. This is Dr. Jay Herrera thanking you for listening to today's podcast, and I'm wishing you healthy, pain-free living.